Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's November 3rd, 2021, and this is episode 84. Well, the calendar turned to November here, and um, and it kind of almost turned the page to kind of wrapping up uh, this 2021 harvest, uh, which uh, really been blessed with a really great fall here in Southeast Minnesota. And uh, I think a lot of our producers across the area kind of come down the home stretch on corn. I'm not saying there's maybe a, a straggler field of beans here and there, but I think beans are probably, you know, 95, 98% wrapped up and in corn, we've probably just got about, um, you know, I'm, I'm guessing maybe 20%, a little bit less. And I think by the time we roll into the the deer opener here in Southeast Minnesota this weekend, we're, we're kind of, kind of be coming on the home stretch and, and be close to having this corn crop uh, wrapped up for the year. Um, you know, with that said, as harvest comes to a close, always exciting time. Um, with our pioneer team as we kind of roll up just kind of the the, the season here and, and get our agronomy summary book uh, wrapped up into the printer. Uh, our team was able to get that to the printer here. So certainly um, in the coming weeks, uh, you know, be sure to be looking for uh, this year's edition of the agronomy summary book. A lot of great information agronomically, some great, um, you know, yield and, and agronomic information in there, along with uh, just a lot of great detailed information of uh, your local pioneer corn and soybean alfalfa portfolio. Uh, as well. So I thought I'd maybe just kick in here and, and maybe just give you a few of the highlights here uh, of kind of this growing season. I know I've given some yield updates of just kind of looking at um, our replicated PKP trials versus kind of the historical, always kind of fun to look at that just at a macro level. Did this crop trend up, flat, down, you know, from a yield standpoint? Uh, as we, we look at the soybean data here, I think we ended up here what did we end up with here for total locations? We had a really great number of enlist soybeans locations here. Uh, I'll get you that exact number here of where we did land here. And so I can kind of look at that here. But yeah, so 44 locations across the southeast corner state is what we ended up with uh, for total locations. If we roll all those locations up into one, uh, take all the varieties, uh, we had um, 10 varieties in there. If we roll all that up, we averaged 70.7 bushel. Uh, compared to last year, which actually was our, our all-time record high, we were 70.9. So very similar uh, soybean yields across the board. I, I think um, at a macro level yeah, in the field, it maybe felt like this bean crop was a little bit stronger. But you got to remember, as we move west a little bit, uh, moisture did become a little bit more challenging. And, and we saw some locations with moisture stress that probably held us down from maybe getting above that, that 70.9. But, uh, you know, 79, 70.9 versus 70.7. Um, you know, I would probably call that parity. Um, last year, we ran a runner pretty to extend set in addition to an enlist set. This year's set was uh, all enlist uh, soybeans. So really good performance uh, from that standpoint and uh, some great new varieties, uh, uh, improved yield, improved agronomics, and definitely seeing a lot of interest, a lot of excitement around that uh, enlist um, soybean and enlist uh, herbicide system. So certainly be reaching out to your local uh, pioneer rep on that. Um, Kind of just looking, uh, shifting to corn here, uh, kind of looking at that same trend. You know, um, I think we had 61 replicated corn locations that uh, we got harvested in the book this year. Uh, they came in at, a, at an even average of 236 bushel. We compare that to one year ago, which was our all-time high uh, in 2020. We had 241.8 bushel was the average. So a little bit down on production on corn, very similar to the soybeans. We saw some locations that were probably stronger county by county. But as we did shift west and maybe a little bit north, uh, we did run into some moisture uh, challenges. And that probably, you know, was the biggest contributing factor to maybe holding back to having, you know, a, a closer number to last year 
or maybe being uh, able to edge it. I haven't broke that down by county yet. I might take a look at that a little bit closer and, and maybe one of the previous uh, or the future episodes, I'll, I'll break that down and take a look at that by county to see if there were some uh, some trends from that standpoint. So a lot of good information there. Um, and all that's, and as, as I said, everything I talk about kind of this episode, um, you know, when you get your ground summary book from your local planner sales rep, you'll be able to look at uh, some of the same information uh, that I'm sharing here. So, you know, as Harvest wraps up, um, you know, in the second segment here today, I'll kind of maybe look at the corn information and bean information, kind of dive into some of the sorts and kind of maybe what were some of the factors that, that drove yield. Um, but as we kind of look at, at harvest wrapping up, you know, some of the big things that, um, you know, maybe the big rocks that we want to be looking at, obviously, um, cost of inputs is probably, you know, just one of the big conversations right now, um, especially around the crop nutrition, you know, fertilizer prices have have really jumped and, and, and everyone's kind of trying to really take a look at, you know, what do we need to do, you know, to manage that input? Obviously, we, we took off a big crop, so we got to be looking at what what's our removal, what do we need to be putting back out there to, to hopefully you know, set up another, um, you know, successful 2022 as well. And, and I think that's something that we, we really want to focus on, especially right now, um, a lot of fall left, a lot of good weather left, hopefully uh, looking at the forecast, but definitely want to be looking at those phosphorus potassium applications. Also, you know, if you're, you know, maybe having soil tested, we have a lot of time here with the crop being out, you can definitely take advantage if we need to get some updated grid samples, um, you know, really, really utilize this, um, you know, this nice weather and early harvest to maybe jump on that, because that might help you dictate maybe what you need to do for applications in some cases. So you might be chomping at the bit to get going. Um, but if we got some, maybe some new farms or some farms that haven't been sampled, it might be a really good idea to, to get those samples. So we can take a look at it and maybe fine tune our applications uh, just a little bit, just based on what yields have been and, and some historical things there. But uh, so definitely take advantage of this and, um, and when I come back from break, I'll kind of dive into some of the more details of what maybe drove the yields on the corn and soybean crop across Southeast Minnesota. Welcome back listeners. Uh, first segment there, I'm just kind of going through a few of the, the macro level things from our agronomy summary book and look into some of the yield trends from our replicated trials. On this segment, I'm going to maybe dive into just some of the, uh, some of the agronomic things we track year in, year out to see, you know, you know, kind of playing Monday morning quarterback, you know, should we have done this? Should we have not done this? And just take a look at some of the factors that that maybe had some positive and or negative impacts on, on final yields across the area. Um, obviously, we always talk a lot about planting date. You think back to the spring, um, we had very dry conditions. You know, we could get to the field early in April. Um, but with that said, we just stayed extremely cold um, kind of throughout April and even into early May. Um, it was kind of just um, the planting season I'll remember is just being cold and dry. You know, it's usually we're talking cold and wet or warm and dry. Uh, this was just a, an odd year where we were extremely cold, but at the same time, extremely dry. And, and I think it, it always creates a little bit of uncertainty. Should we plant in these conditions? Um, you know, if you listen to our episodes, you know, we're usually, uh, myself and Allie, usually pretty big believers. If the soil conditions are fit, you know, we're not going to probably, you know, look at that future forecast or, or maybe take a look at, you know, those soil temperatures. We, we just try to base it. Hey, if we have good fit soil conditions, um, you know, the odds are in our favor that, that that'll be a good thing. So, so I'm going to take a look at soybeans first. That's something we've talked a lot about in, in, in recent years is, you know, what can we do to drive soybean yields? And one thing we talk about a lot is early planting and that it's just something that, that, that really helps sets the stage and something across Southeast Minnesota, we've really seen growers really embrace, uh, whether that be from, you know, maybe setting up multiple planters, we can plant corn and beans at the same time. In some cases, maybe putting a few beans out there before I start corn, uh, to kind of manage some early harvest windows and things. So, 
if we do look at, at planning day to soybeans this year, um, we had a few locations that got out there really early, but if I look at the data, you know, probably 85% of our locations went in from April 29th to about May 7th. So a pretty tight window there. If you do look at the trend line, um, you know, our earliest location was April 15th. Our last location was, looks like it was like May 17th on the, on the scatter here. In, in relatively kind of a boring curve, I would say on this given season, it was pretty flat. It maybe favored a little bit of the late April, early May on the trend line a little bit there. But with that said, if you also do kind of look at the month of September, extremely long growing season, it seemed like we stayed warm, a lot of sunshine. I'm maybe not completely shocked by that. Um, in most cases, we're usually seeing a, a very positive trend of planting date. In this case, not, a, not really a negative trend, I'd say, just kind of a boring flat trend, but also we had very tight planting date windows, which would maybe make that um, just a little bit predictable from that standpoint. If we fast forward and kind of look at corn in the same situation, corn was kind of a little different story. Um, we started planting corn really early, kind of around that April 15th, 16th. Um, we did have one straggler get planted out there around May 20th, but other than that, um, all the corn went in from April 15th uh, up until May 5th. So a pretty tight window. Um, everything was planted really early. With that said, we still saw a very strong trend to, to early planting. If we kind of look at that, that first date around that April 15th out to that, that May 5th or 6th, uh, we saw about a decline in just that period of time of about six bushel. So again, you know, maybe doesn't sound like a lot, but if you start looking at that six bushel over a, a long period of time uh, of planting, if you get spread out, that can really add up over a lot of acres. Um, but uh, kind of was maybe a little surprised to see that trend. If I break that down versus if I just look at everything that was planted in April versus everything that was planted in May, there was a 14 bushel difference, which is pretty significant when you, when you really put that into play. So even though we were cold, even though we were concerned what to do, those early planted locations uh, yielded well. With that said, I don't know if the stands, you know, stands might have favored a little bit later planting, but like we see every year, usually we can give up a few plants with early planting and still put more bushels in the tank. So that was a unique trend and uh, something that's always fun to look at year in, year out. And this year was kind of unique just because it was so cold early. And I think we all probably had some second thoughts and, and debate a little bit about what we should do. Long and the story short was if we were planting fit soils, whether it be really early, really late, um, you know, we, we got by really well. And, uh, and definitely, you know, maybe something here at Pioneer, our stress emergence really shined through that. And I think that might've played a, a big factor as well. You know, one other thing, um, had a lot of questions. This was one of the first years we had almost an equal split of locations treated with fungicide at Tassel compared to not treated with fungicide at Tassel. So this year we had 32 locations that were not treated with fungicide, 29 locations that were, which is the closest to the even, well, the most even split we've ever had. Uh, if we look at the locations that were treated, they averaged 244.4. The ones that were not treated averaged 228.2. So we showed a 16.2 bushel advantage to locations that were treated on all hybrids uh, compared to those that were not. Uh, the moisture spread, we were about 0.2 points wetter with fungicide versus non. Not surprised on the year that the corn got really dry, that narrowed up. Um, some cases when we're usually a little bit wetter, that tends to be more of around 0.5 to 0.6. Um, but I would say based on the situation this year, not surprised to see that. If you look at that just from an AGI, so if you look at adjusted gross income, fungicide delivered about $76 per acre more AGI in locations that were treated versus non-treated. So some really good information there to kind of, to kind of take a look at that. 
And I would say looking at field observations, not surprised. We had a fungicide. We stretched out that growing season, you know, pushed maturity a little bit, and we were able to put some more yield on. So, well, this segment is kind of flowing by. Um, be sure to next week, and we'll maybe give you some few more insights, and hopefully the book will be uh, kind of landing on your desk here soon. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060.